Hey, Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Today, Coral joins us on the podcast to tell us about her experiences working at Camp Sacagawea. Coral and I first met in 2014 when we shared a unit together when she was the pool director. And then we met again when she worked in 2021 as the kitchen director. Coral talks about finding camp again after having kids and finding a way to share that love of camp with her own children. Coral shares about how she runs the kitchen and how to incorporate a love for programming in the dining hall. So without further ado, let's meet Coral. Hi, Coral. Welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm so excited to have you here to be able to capture your camp story. Would you mind telling us who you are and where you're speaking to us from today? Hi, I am Coral. My real people name is Madison Ellsbury. I live in Boone. I'm originally from Des Moines, but I now just live a few short miles away from camp. We've heard a lot about this magical camp, Sacagawea, up in Boone, Iowa. So I'm excited for you to give us your perspective today. Well, tell us a little bit about the beginning. Tell us about your background experience as a camper. Like, where did you go to camp? With what organizations and for how long? I went to Camp Sac as a child. I had my very first camp experience at Camp Sac Juia in what is now known as Maintenance Meadows. It was the original Maya Meadows. Mm. I was a camper for three years, found out on the 10th year of me not being a camper at Sac, I came back to work. It just happened to fall that way. I also did a couple church camps. Didn't really stick. <laughs> camp Sac has always kind of been my home. So. And is that why you chose to apply to Camp Sac instead of other facilities then? Honestly, the reason I decided to apply to Camp Sac Julia is a lovely little movie called Camp Dakota. I don't know if you've ever <gasps> seen it. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came out on Valentine's Day, what, 2014? And that night I decided I would look and see if Camp Sac Julia was hiring because I was living in Ames and they were hiring for a pool director. Then I then became the pool director. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's marvelous how that worked out. Did you have prior like lifeguarding experience then before you applied? Yeah, I had worked at City Pool in Des Moines for eight eight and a half years. So. Oh yeah, quite a bit of life experience. <laughs> yeah. And that made you a very easy candidate for Camp Sacagawea. So then your first summer on staff was immediately the pool director, which yes. is, wow. I know with the organization with a lot of other camps, that's that seems like it's more of an administrative position. How did it go or how was it kind of going into a more director role your first summer on staff? It was okay because the way that at SAC, you go like a week before everyone else and do lifeguard training. So I was getting an update on my lifeguarding cert, got to meet all of the pool staff that I would have, got to meet all of the rope staff, barn staff. So by the end of like the first week, I already kind of had like a small group of friends before all of the returning staff came back. And then once they came in, we just kind of went. It was kind of a simple transition, actually. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, no, that does make it nice when you've got time to train them and to see what the dynamics are like before you throw everybody else into the mix. That is very, very cool. So how long were you the pool director then for? I was the pool director for 2014 and 2015 seasons. Nice. And then now what do you do at camp nowadays? I am the kitchen director, a completely different <laughs> area <laughs> overall. So my goodness. And you've been doing that for a while different. now. Yes. I have been a kitchen director for three years. This will be my fourth year. Nice. What um, inspired you to move towards the kitchen? And kind of had moved out of my camp era, as I thought, but I was pregnant with my second child and I was feeling really camp sick. I don't know if it was because I was pregnant and <laughs> all the feels or I just was feeling camp sick and Kite and Rafiki kept posting about needing someone to work in the kitchen and I just finally said something to Kite. I'm like, is it weird if I just ask if I can come help in the kitchen? And they're like, no, please, please come help because <laughs> they didn't have anyone at the time. So I just kind of came in through that way somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I have a dear friend from my home council. Her name is Carmel and she was a program counselor. She was rope certified. She was lifeguard certified. She had been a really active in units. She'd been a unit leader and then she immediately transitioned to the kitchen as well. I think that's really cool to see someone who manages a kitchen but has a really great knowledge of how program also operates on camp as well. So did you have also any prior experience in the kitchen or was that going into Camp Sacagawea, really getting your feet wet for the first time? Professionally, it would be my first time, but <laughs> I had like catered things for like family events. I catered my entire sister-in-law's bridal shower and my husband's family is ginormous. So. <laughs> oh, nice. That's awesome. Well, I know our listeners already have heard your praises about how you run your kitchen and the amazing food that comes from your kitchen. But do you just kind of want to walk our listeners through kind of some day in and day out tasks that you have while you're working in the kitchen? Because I imagine a lot of our listeners don't have that experience. and would be very interested to know on how you actually run a kitchen at camp. Oh, yeah. So basically, Sacagawea serves three meals a day, and that's to all kinds of food allergies. We have dairy-free, vegans, vegetarians. We've had campers with citric acid allergies. Basically, any allergy you can think of, I've probably experienced it in some way, shape, or form. I do a lot of focus on food allergies because I personally have food allergies. So typically, we have a team of anywhere between three and six. And in the morning, there's two or three people to prep your breakfast meals, two or three people for lunch and dinner. All of those menus are preset prior to camp unless there's like a milk shortage or something with like crops or something like that and then we kind of shift and adjust it's basically just kind of making breakfast or lunch or dinner for yourself but times 200 
people. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. And all these modifications and throw in dessert yep. sometimes and breakfast bar yep. and all that sort of stuff. No big deal. <laughs> yep. As we have a breakfast bar and a salad bar for lunch and dinner. So all sorts of things. Do you do weekly menus or do you change it up here and there? How do you know what kind of food you're going to serve? So it's broken down into a, a three week menu and then basically three weeks and on your sixth week is when you start over again. Okay. So a couple years ago, staff member and I went through and it's been altered since then, but it would be like Monday is a syrup breakfast. Tuesday is like taco Tuesday or like Chinese food or something like that. And then kind of stick with those. Thursday night is like a bigger dinner because it's the last dinner, things like that. I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's really brilliant. <laughs> Well, is there anything else that you wanted to hit on with the kitchen, how that's run or anything like that? There's just kind of a period of time where we do some prep. I always say every time we serve, I black out <laughs> because it is just nonstop. Luckily, rather than serving a tray to every single child staff member who makes their way into the dining hall it's a little bit easier to serve family style <laughs> and i just love serving family style I, I think that brings the staff and the campers together so much more especially if you're able to sit with other counselors or be with other kids from other units it gives you that wonderful just connection across the entire camp that you wouldn't get just being at a program with your unit by themselves now, I remember in 2021, when I was last up there, we were eating with our units for more of COVID procedures. Have they lifted yep. that now? Or are you are you able to sit with other people again? Yep. Yes, we went back to sitting kind of sporadic per table. Last, that did kind of bring a little bit more experience because, I mean, you're sitting with the same people you're sleeping with. And <laughs> uh -huh. sometimes if you're on a longer camp, you're kind of like, man, I really would just like to see another kid who I haven't met before, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is more for my curiosity, but I would love to know how was your transition since the last time you had worked at camp, you were in the pool and you transitioned from program into the kitchen. What was that transition like? It was very, very different. And just kind of in that one building. Sometimes I'm, I'm in the office, but for the most part, I don't go to units and I don't really get um, kind of more of the one-on-one -on -one experience that I got when I was pool director and then you were sleeping in units and things like that. I find that with kids with food allergies, I get to know them a lot better because they come in to see me for their food because all of their stuff is separate. So I do still kind of get those relationships, but a lot of it is I see all of the staff and I pretty much know everything that's going on at all times. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you're the hub for all staff information then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I talk to the leadership team. I, I talk to the junior counselors. I talk to everyone because they all come in and see me. I get all the information. Sometimes if someone's having a bad day, they come and chat with me. <laughs> so I get to know the staff probably a little bit more than I would have 
with units with the pool director position it was just people were kind of coming in and out and i knew my pool staff and same thing with kitchen but kind of on a little bit deeper of a level interesting i love that you are kind of the hub you are you're kind of the go between between all staff members of camp that that's really neat and nice to know that there is like a place that's kind of like a safe place for everyone yes and good for you because then you know everything that's going on um <laughs> sometimes that's good sometimes it's like guys i'm just one person <laughs> address those concerns with someone who's not me because yeah. i have no authority over that situation i had a camp director when i was first starting in my camp career when i was just a regular unit counselor that would say i have eyes and ears everywhere at camp i always know like what's going on what the drama is and lo and behold it was probably in the kitchen <laughs> probably it's probably just the kitchen stuff like oh yeah no this is going on this is this is what's up right now so oh my gosh i love that well i know your camp name but i would love to hear why you picked your camp name or the story that is behind your camp name it's not super interesting. I was going to be the pool director and I literally Googled Disney characters involved with water. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some that I didn't really think fit me like Ursula, probably not the vibe I was going for. And they had just had a Dory as a pool director. So I didn't want to do back to back Dories. And I came across Coral, which if you didn't know, that is Nemo's mom's name. I did not know that. Oh, that's yeah. fun. And we had a Nemo on staff. <laughs> yes, we've we've had Nemos. And oh, I always funny. end up with a, a decent connection with the Nemos, too. So it's just my fish mom heart. <laughs> <laughs> what keeps you coming back to camp summer after summer? I just love the atmosphere at camp. It's just so refreshing, even though I'm inside, it's just being in an environment that is just welcoming and just ready to accept you as you are where the real world is not like that. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I, I totally understand that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, who are some people that are from camp that inspired you and how did they do that? I have had great assistants and directors in the time that I've worked at camp. I have worked under Abe and Taffy was basically my first supervisor that I ever reported to and they were fantastic. I worked with Rafiki for several years and she's just always a good person to like look after usually if things are getting kind of overwhelming and stressful she'll just be like take a step back you need to take a step back because you're you're basically letting sometimes camp envelops you and <laughs> you, you just need a minute and that's just like those are three people who are just always ready to help. I mean, Button, Button was fantastic. Always super, super sweet. 
just a, a great leader. I don't know if you got to spend a lot of time with Button when you were there in 2014, but. I don't think so. I don't recall meeting Button in 2014. Where was Button located? Was, was she Button was the arts and crafts director at that time. <gasps> oh, yes, I do. I remember Button now. <laughs> okay, now we're good. Now I'm putting the face to the name. Which, speaking of 2014, I was just talking with Pip. 2014 was a magical summer for so many people. That was your yeah. first summer on staff. That was Pip's first summer on staff. I think that was Rafiki's first time with leadership experience at Camp Sacagawea. It was my mm -hmm. summer when Jitterbug and I gallivanted up there and so much has happened and been so consistent because of that summer. And I just connected that you were also a part of that too. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. I love that. Well, my next question is kind of a big one, but what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? I've learned a lot from camp. I've learned basically how to be a better manager. Sometimes you just kind of need to live through experience. And I think both being the pool director and being kitchen director at camp has helped me learn to be a better manager. I've learned more about myself in 2014 than I ever thought it would. <laughs> so, I mean, camp is, it's kind of like building blocks. And for some reason, camp just kind of helps me get those building blocks that I need to go to the next level. I would love to know what your funniest camp story is. Oh my goodness. I have several. I'll probably go with one of my favorite stories to tell. It was not funny at the time. I learned that it's far funnier than it was at the time. <laughs> in 2014, we had a camp that was called Environmental Explorers, and it was in the platform tents. It was for brownies, probably should have been for an older age group. They took a field trip to a water plant, it was like learning how to treat the environment well. They wrote to the Tajar and the Tajar sent back lots of stuffies and said, keep an eye on my friends. They're a little bit rowdy. Well, a counselor who was in our unit thought it would be a good idea to move the stuffed animals while the girls were at an activity. It was not a very good idea. And the girls were convinced that the Tajar was nefarious <laughs> <laughs> and they were all terrified and basically Knuckles was our unit director and we basically came back from a night off, some of us, to pure mayhem. It ended up with leadership driving mattresses on a golf cart, probably 15 mattresses. I have no clue how they did it. They just pulled up with all these mattresses. And we slept inside Lodge at Rainbow Lodge. And I just remember sitting in the kitchen and everyone was just like exhausted. It was very late at night, early in the morning eating pie filling from a plastic bag. <laughs> that camp overall, there was a reason it wasn't brought back. <laughs> but I like to refer to that 
story as the night of the living stuffed animals, because when you think back about it, it's just so ridiculous. Everything that happened, just if it happened one thing differently, it wouldn't have been this big, crazy fiasco. And it just, it makes me laugh just how ridiculous overall it was. It ended up with all the girls meeting and the counselor saying, hey, I moved all the stuffed animals, but the Tajar, he didn't want this. <laughs> he didn't set this up. 2014 overall was just quite the summer. <laughs> I also had a story where I drove a camp van to the Iowa State Fair, and they taught me how to drive it in the daytime. I had a car with automatic lights. I didn't know that you needed to turn lights on in the van. Oh, no. And, and I got pulled over, and I had a 12 or 16 passenger van full of international staff. Oh, my goodness. Um, basically, as the officer came over to the window, Michael says to me, are your lights on? I said, of course my lights are on. Why wouldn't they be on? And the officer said, what do you need to drive? And I'm like, I have my license. I have our camp's rental agreement. I have all of this stuff. And he goes, you need lights. <laughs> you don't have lights I'm like, I didn't know we were driving in a brightly lit area. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Oh, my but, goodness. You need lights. <laughs> I, so sometimes Knuckles will say to me, you need lights. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay, I have some clarifying questions about the moving animals. Were they just moved to another area or were they like completely hidden? They were just moved. There would be one who was like looking in a suitcase. And like she thought she was putting them in funny positions. Like, oh, they're wild. They're crazy. No. So it's like Elf on the Shelf. Elf on the Shelf oh. without any consent. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe Elf on the Shelf wasn't as big as it was in, as it is now back in like mm -hmm. 2014. But like that was like yeah. my first thought was like, oh, it's like Elf on the Shelf, but it's through the Tajar. Like the same magic applies. Oh. But Oh, yeah. No, they did not. They, they did the, not the, yes, them. but I think with Elf on the Shelf, you let you let them into your house and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, these girls were like, no, we didn't agree to this. <laughs> we did not agree. <laughs> also, was this a week-long camp? It sure was. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. A week-long. Like, night two mm. or three. We were, it was a long week. Oh, my goodness. I just, I have never agreed that brownies should have a week-long camp, especially in a platform tent. Like, that's, I feel like that's a lot to ask of a seven-year-old. I feel like that's a lot to ask yeah. of a seven-year-old because you know that some of these kids are seven, maybe freshly eight. Some of them are nine. I, I think most of them it. were, I think most of them were seven and some of them were nine. Yeah. I mean, that's. It's been wild. <laughs> it's just, it's a big ask. It's one thing yeah. when it's like an overnight or it's like two nights or something like yeah. that. But yeah, you've really got to have a good control on that to make that really successful. Yeah. Oh, but the camp overall, it was Knuckles, one other staff, and then two program directors. So it was a long week. <laughs> my goodness. Well, also, you brought up a really good point. 
we haven't really talked about the Tajar a lot on this podcast. Would you mind kind of explaining to our listeners what the Tajar is and the function and role that the Tajar has at camp? The Tajar is a magical creature that protects camp. Um, he is somewhere from the top of camp to the bottom of camp. His favorite color is Brambo. He loves glitter. So if you see glitter on camp, you know the Tajar has been there. And then he's part badger, jaguar, and tiger. That's correct. Yes. I've never seen him. He's elusive. So that's probably the best description I've ever heard of the Tajar. My goodness. How does Camp Sack utilize the Tajar at camp? So we do a lot of Tajar letters. Anytime you're feeling nervous or excited or maybe you're just not having a good day or maybe there's something sad going on at home that you just kind of want to talk to someone about you can write a letter to the Tajar and there is a big wooden box in the dining hall and you just slip your letter in there and the Tajar will get back to you at your me time so that's like your rest hour after lunch and the Tajar writes back once a day Oh, thank you for that description. Now, have you ever written to the Tajar before? I have not. <gasps> oh my goodness. I should. You Next absolutely time I should. That's been like my tradition. Like the first day that I get to Camp Sack is I write the Tajar. That's the first thing that I always do. I've, I've neglected the Tajar all this time. I need to write him a letter. Yeah, I have the books with like the written down stories of the Tajar and I've read them a couple of times. They're typically great to read for like younger girls, but older girls really aren't too much into it. Maybe the writing portion, they like writing, but not necessarily. Oh yeah. Well, what do you do while you're not at camp? So I had been staying home with my two small children. They also have camp names. My daughter is seaweed and oh. she is six and my son, when he was a baby, he was baby kelp. Now he's just kelp and he is three, but I have recently taken a job as a food service director at my daughter's private school. So I am a full-time lunch lady, basically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. And I would uh, attribute your time at Camp Sack to definitely help out with that. And it gives you summers free, I'm assuming. Yes, it does. We literally in school the day that camp starts. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so convenient too. Um, and you also are a Girl Scout volunteer as well. Yes, I have a troop with Knuckles and another SAC staff member, Rosie. We have a troop of 14 Girl Scouts. They are ages kindergarten to third grade. And yeah, we just did cookie season, which is always a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you were like cookie mom extraordinaire. And <laughs> I'm also our true product manager. So all of the cookies live at my house for two months of the year. Oh my goodness. Well, what an experience and what a great thing you give back to the organization that gave to you. And oh, yeah. that'll be so good. Awesome. Well, my next question is, if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? The general, like, caring and camaraderie of camp, you just don't find that in the real world. The real world is 
you encounter people who sometimes aren't always the nicest. I mean, and for the most part at camp, everyone kind of is on the same page. We're here to bring magic. And I, I just feel like the world needs a little bit more magic and a little bit more magic makers. I agree. More people who are just willing to be whimsical. Yes. Not so serious all the time. For sure. If you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I don't know that I'd change anything. I mean, camp, it just is kind of brought me to a completely different place in my life than I thought it would be. And I mean, sometimes you, you have night of the living stuffed animal moments and sometimes you have really good moments and you can't have the good moments if you take away all the bad moments. I'll move into my next round of final questions. But before I get started with these, I wanted to know, do you guys sing songs or play a lot of music while you're working in the kitchen? Oh, we play so much music. We actually have a camp kitchen Spotify account that on Tuesdays we have Top 22 Tuesday, which started in 2021, where every kitchen member gets to pick 22 songs that are CA, camp appropriate. And on Tuesdays, we listen to everyone's favorite songs. It could be anything from Broadway to we've had some soundtracks. We had a lot of 90s dance music last year, preset decade playlists. So we listen to music constantly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so glad that I asked because I didn't realize you had theme days for music. I want to make sure I've got all of these right. So on Monday, it's Mouse Monday, which is Disney. Yes. Tuesday is Top 22 Tuesday. Yes. Where everyone contributes 22 songs that are CA. Yes. Okay. What did you say Wednesday was? Wednesday has kind of been a mixed bag. It could be just kind of whatever we're feeling. Last year, we made some food song playlists, which would be all songs like It's Raining Tacos. We found a wonderful song from the 60s called Gravy. It goes with its sister song from the same band, the Mashed Potato Song. Oh, my gosh. So the Mashed Potato Song, and then there's the Gravy Song, which the Gravy Song is an unexpected gym. It's just magic. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Uh, last year we had a playlist called I Dated John Mayer. So it was like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Oh, I love that so much. Have you heard of the song called Five Different Nachos? I have not, but it needs to make it on our food playlist for sure. So I did a bonus episode with Mad Dog Midwest Children's Burn Camp, and I never heard of it until. Maddie mentioned it <laughs> and I highly, highly recommend you listen to it and add it to your food playlist. It could be a camp song. It's that ridiculous. And it's like CA and everything. So I love it. I love it. Today at school, we actually had breakfast burritos. I don't know if you've ever heard the breakfast burrito song. I have not. It's fantastic. And one of the lines is breakfast burritos. They fill up my tummy with hugs. <laughs> oh, had that stuck in my head all day today. Oh my gosh. 
That's so good. I will have to look that up. You said breakfast burrito song? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. It's by the same people who make the It's Raining Tacos song. Okay. I have my homework to do. Okay. Before <laughs> I forget, what do you do on Thursdays for music? Throwback Thursdays. So we have a 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s playlist. Okay. So by decade then? Yes, by decade. Do you do anything and on Fridays or Sundays? Fridays is party music so we have a lot of energy in 2021 we had a sea shanty sunday but that didn't last long <laughs> oh my goodness that, that was a nori thing i love that i actually have a guest who i just interviewed last week from a boy scout camp he worked at a boy scout camp for 10 years he's a music educator like me and he has a sea shanty choir that he, is awesome so yeah if you're look, if you want to keep that going is nori still on staff no, Nori got a really good job. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> so, Nori was one through the program, that. so I knew Nori was going to be going places. So if you ever get back into that, I'll, I'll hook you up with some, some sea shanty music. Did you guys do anything for Sunday? It's usually just kind of one of those shuffled playlists. Usually it was the food playlist. The food playlist was a, was a fan favorite. <laughs> and you said you have these playlists on Spotify? I do. Would you share them with me by chance? Would you be yeah. willing to share them with our listeners? I I just love this idea of, because we theme our outfits at camp. I know a lot of camps that theme right. their outfits, but theming the music is also another great way to like break out of the Disney monotony. Like <laughs> it's yeah. like, if it's not Monday, we're not singing Elsa. Um, <laughs> Yep, it just kind of depends on who I have on staff. In 2021, we listened to a ton of Broadway just because that's who my kitchen staff was. Last year was more a little bit of grunge, a little bit of 90s club music is Yoshi's go-to. <laughs> oh my so. gosh. That's so cool. I'm so glad that I asked that. What is your favorite camp song? My favorite camp song. So... I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a camp song in the Sacagawea book. <gasps> I didn't know that. What is it? Yeah, it's called Buffalo in a Crawl Space. <gasps> I remember you singing this in 2014. <laughs> I think it's, you created it. I don't know. Did you create it at the beginning or the I end of the summer? I sure did. I sure did. We spent a week at Joy Hollow and there was a odd little crawl space at the art room. Joy Hollow, and we said, well, somebody said, I wonder what you could put in there. And someone else said, a buffalo. And <laughs> so I just started singing. <laughs> oh my goodness. I remember specifically because we had shared a cabin or we, we were in the same unit yes. when, yes, when I was did. up there and you were laying on the floor and you were doing this leg dance to this song. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, you came the last week. We were, we were a little bit. <laughs> I think that was also when Trumpet beatboxed. Yes. Because they had spent uh, many hours clearing trails. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. We were a little delirious at that point, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's my song child. So I guess I'd have to pick that, but oh my I also barges for a campfire oh that's also a good one too well would you be willing to sing one of your favorite songs for us well i might as well sing buffalo in a crawl space yes thank you the only, the only time you're gonna hear it 
Okay, we're ready. All right. There's a buffalo in the crawl space. There's a buffalo in the crawl space. There's a buffalo in the crawl space. Wonder what he's doing there. And then there are many other verses, including <laughs> there's a raccoon in the kitchen. There's a raccoon in the kitchen. There's a raccoon in the kitchen. And he's making mac and cheese. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it so much. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. Well, this is kind of like asking a musician their favorite camp song, but I have to ask because I ask all my guests, what is your favorite camp meal to like eat? So my favorite thing to eat at camp in the entire world is breakfast casserole. Ooh. I love casserole so much. On more than one occasion, I have eaten an entire serving bowl of breakfast casserole because I love it. <laughs> yes, that is so good. Did you say breakfast casserole? Breakfast casserole. breakfast casserole. Well, then I have to ask the other question. What is your favorite camp meal to prepare? Honestly, I, I don't know why I like to prepare it, but I like to prepare the tofu oh. in like very fast because it's like you get the tofu like nice and crispy and then you let it kind of sit for a second then you flip it around in socks <laughs> makes me feel like like a cool chef when i flip it in the sauce <laughs> oh i love that thank you for sharing what is your favorite camp tradition i really like at the beginning of camp i know probably most people don't say this but they do something called boundary break, which is during training. It's towards the end of training. It's during five fires or four fires, or I, I haven't done it in a while, so I can't remember how many fires there are, but you basically just kind of sit in a dark room and you kind of talk about everything that's going on, like how you're feeling, whether it's camp, whether it's, you might have something going on that you haven't talked to of anyone. And it's like the first moment of like, this is a safe space. This space is for you to be comfortable. And it just is like a weight off of you because lots of people cry. It's just a very emotional, like, this is your camp family we are here to support you and love you and it's just like your first taste of like a camp family oh my gosh wow i didn't even know that that was a tradition you said that that happens during staff training yeah it's, it's one of the last days of staff training wow that's pretty powerful i want to keep this podcast going for a long time and i want to introduce new people to the community who are also in outside organizations as well. So I ask all of my guests, who should I interview next? I think you should interview Smurf. Smurf would be a great person to interview. Smurf and her sister Tinkerbell have both worked at SAC. And I don't know if she would do it, but my aunt was actually a counselor in the 90s at a kids cancer camp. Um, so that would be a whole different experience of a camp person from 
30 years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love to be able to capture that. That would be awesome and incredible. And especially because that's a very different organization than I've been able to capture yet too. The Heart Connection Camps. Okay. Very cool. Well, when you're not at camp, what's the one thing that you find yourself missing the most? I just miss just the entire atmosphere of camp. Like camp really is a family. You end up with all of these additional humans to love you. And like now that I have kids, these humans also love my children. It's so magical to just have a connection with people that never in a million years would I have thought that I would have connections with people from all over the world. If people have questions for you or want to contact you, where can they contact you? I'm mainly on Facebook under Madison Elaine Ellsbury. That's all the questions that I have for you. Were there any other questions or comments or final thoughts that you wanted to leave here on the Camp Kids podcast? No, I have just loved listening to all of your episodes. They're what I listen to when I'm working at the school. So, I mean, it's just so nice to hear from people I haven't seen in a while or maybe people I've never even met before. And it's just overall such a great community to be a part of, even though a lot of us might not know each other. It's still, you feel the connection when you hear someone else talking. So it's great. I love your podcast. I just love all of it. Thank you so much. All right, Camp Kids, that was Coral. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can find our podcast. Next week, we have another interview with one of my close camp friends from some of my home camps. With that being said, that is all that I have for you for now. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye.